You're listening to the Q's Podcast, episode 45. Hello, welcome to the show. I especially want to thank our longtime listeners. I can't believe we are already at episode 51. Thanks, everybody, for taking cues on the go. We use this podcast form to speak with credit union industry leaders and cross-industry experts for a wide range of perspectives on trends and topics relevant to you. I'm your host, James Lenz, Q's Professional Development Manager. In this podcast episode, we'll explore member business loan programs. We have two guests on today's show. This episode features two of the most highly regarded financial training experts in the world. Jim Devine, Chairman and CEO of Hyperion, as well as Bob Hogan, President and Chief Operating Officer of Hyperion, will join me in a very in-depth conversation. Hyperion, based out of Redmond, Washington, delivers the financial knowledge and guidance that enables financial institutions to improve, change, and survive in today's dynamic economy. Jim and Bob also lead our Q School of Business Lending. As you listen to the episode, three major takeaways will be quite clear. Jim and Bob will share the four keys to any successful business lending program, the types of training and resources needed to succeed, as well as an outline of the Q School of Business Lending. Here's my interview with Jim Devine and Bob Hogan of Hyperion. All right, I have Jim and Bob on the line. Thank you so much for taking time out of your day and joining us on the show. Welcome. Good morning. This is Bob Hogan. We're delighted to be here. I agree with Bob. Thanks, James, for the opportunity to join you and have this conversation. Glad to have you. Let's start the show with a bit of inspiration. I'll start with you, Bob. Do you have a favorite success quote or mantra that you live by professionally? Well, James, when we started our careers about 30 plus years ago, the training director at one of our corporate clients, ExxonMobil, had a quote from Robert Pike on his wall, and it stated, and I quote, the one thing worse than training people and losing them is not training them and keeping them. Exxon, like we at Hyperion, have always believed arming yourself with educated, better prepared people is your best competitive advantage. Very nice. That makes great sense. And Jim, how about you? Well, I, I don't have a, you know, a specific quote to provide today, but uh, you know, I would uh, just mirror image the the thought that uh, you know that Robert Pike had. I mean, fewer smarter people, I think, is one of the strategic realities that we all face in financial services today, given the competition that's there and the compliance issues that we face. And so we have to figure out how to execute our business model with uh, people who are anticipatory by design, which means just in in the sense that they understand the business model of the credit union and. They can communicate and interact with members and prospects in a way where they come off as subject matter experts. So they have to be well-educated. Thank you. All right, Bob, tell us a little bit about your background and what the focus is for your organization, Hyperion. Well, Jim and I have been actively involved in commercial lender training and small business banking best practices for 35-plus years. We cut our teeth in commercial banking at Seattle First National Bank uh, way back in the 70s. And at that time, Seafirst was considered to be one of the best business banks in the United States. At the bank, we were actually involved on a daily basis with every aspect of small business management. The bank, our mission was to provide the best business banking products, services to small business owners throughout the state of Washington. 
at that time, we were a $14 billion institution, and we literally dominated the small business market. And today, Hyperion, we still maintain that small business focus. And for the past 15 years, we have been helping credit unions throughout the country better serve their small business market. In our, our background, to supplement what Bob said, when we left the bank, we got in the consulting business. And as consultants, we dealt with financial institutions that were focused at business banking practices. We dealt with governmental agencies that were trying to promote the small business marketplace. And that included everybody from regulators to, to the SBA. We've dealt with large corporate America that distributes their products and services through a network of uh, small businesses, and we've dealt with trade associations that have constituency groups of like-kind businesses that are all about best practices and trying to figure out how to execute their unique business model in an efficient and, and profitable way. So we've also spent 10 years in the CPA world. Uh, we have a perspective of how uh, financial documentation and uh, businesses and their financial uh, statement um, uh, preparation requirements um, and we have been independently um, uh, business owners on several occasions, uh, Hyperion itself, uh, as well as several other uh, companies that we've had equity interest in over the years. So we have signed the personal guarantee, understand what it's like to deal with the financial institution from a borrower's perspective, because we have actually been that borrower. So we've, you know, we bring to to the to the party a bank perspective. Uh, an accounting pr perspective, a business owner perspective, and a consulting perspective when we work with our clients. I appreciate you sharing the insights. You're a great resource. That's why we have you leading the Q's School of Business Lending program. Today, we'll be focusing on member business loan programs, and in particular, the keys to any successful program. As you know, business lending can be highly profitable and a great member retention tool, but it must be done in the right way to be successful. Let's bring into context some of the statistics related to existing member business loan programs within the credit union industry. Jim, can you share some of those statistics? Yeah, today there are approximately 5,700 credit unions that are out there and they have collectively about 1.3 trillion in assets and a unique number, about almost 115 million members nationwide. When you look at where business services roll up, there was um, at calendar year end 2017, about $992 billion in loans in total held by those credit unions I just described. As a subset of that, commercial loans at year end totaled about $63.4 billion, or roughly 6.5% of the total loan mix. There's right now, according to the NCUA, about 2,000 credit unions that are filing call reports uh, indicating that they have member business loans or commercial loans on their books. That's roughly 35% of the uh, credit unions that are out there in total. But when you get to a credit union that's $500 million in assets or larger, uh, over 90% of credit unions at that asset size now offer those services. When you look at the mix of business loans in place today in the portfolios of credit unions, over $55.4 billion of the total, which is roughly 88% of the dollar total in the portfolio is loans that are focused at financing commercial real estate or secured by commercial real estate. So from a concentration perspective, a lot of what's been done so far is commercial real estate based. The average loan size varies a little depending on what the focus of the credit union is. But right now, nationwide, it's about $290,000 as an average loan size, and there's roughly 230,000 loans collectively in the portfolios. And again, if you take that 230,000 and you link it back to the membership base, you know, it's, it's a very small fraction. Obviously, we're not talking about one-on-one, -on -one, a member and a loan, because many members that are in credit unions have multiple loan 
relationships. But uh, we've got 114 million members, and we've got 220,000 loans on the book. So if you do the math, there's you know, there's a, a lot of uh, membership opportunity. The average credit union today typically has somewhere between 5 and 15% of their membership base is a, a member who individually has an ownership interest in a small business. And so when you apply those numbers to that 114.5 million membership base, you know, it, it produces millions of prospective business owners in the existing membership pool. And so there's a lot of low-hanging fruit in that sense that is available. We just haven't done as an industry yet a, a significant data mining exercise to identify and profile who those business owners individually might be in our membership base. The good news, though, is embedded, likely, unless you have a very unique uh, seg-based focus to your membership makeup, you have a lot of business owners. And those successful business owners that are in that group are already banking with someone else, but you'll have experience with them as a consumer borrower and user of financial services and some documentation on their credit performance behavior relative to those relationships. So you have a, a leg up with those prospects because, A, they, they have familiarity already with the credit union, and you already have some work experience with them as a borrower or user of your services. The reason why business services statistics are important is they, they prove out to be in most financial institutions significantly more profitable than average consumer relationships. And it has to do with the chemistry of the products and services that they use, the dollar size of the loans that are involved, and the fact that there's a significant fee-based income opportunity with them to provide services they need to just execute their everyday business you know, operationally. So they're, they're, they're significant fee income generating uh, opportunities that are associated. Right now, when you look at uh, overall performance in the credit union space, the average return on average assets for the industry for 2017 was about 0.78% or three quarters of 1%. And the credit unions that were smaller than 500 million in total assets, it was all the way down at less than half of 1%. And the efficiency ratio, which is the measure of overhead in place to the sources of revenue that you generate net interest income and non-interest income. For every dollar of revenue generated, the average credit union had 80 cents in overhead last year. And again, from an efficiency perspective, in contrast to the bank space, banks were significantly more efficient with an efficiency ratio down there on average about 65 cents on the dollar in contrast. And so what we have to do going forward is deal with margins that have tightened, compliance costs increasing, and overhead associated with them being what it is. We have to figure out a way to take the credit union model and make it operate more dynamic. And, and we believe that uh, the most likely way to accomplish that objective is to emphasize business services in your planning exercise and to become more holistic and transition from not just an emphasis on member business loans, but to an emphasis on creating over time uh, a member business services capability that looks at the fee income opportunities associated with interacting with business clients, uh, as well as the credit opportunity. Wow, what a great perspective again and providing all those statistics related to opportunities, right? There's multiple ways for credit unions to grow. And I know a lot of people think mergers uh, is one of them. Developing a member business loan program, those stats also support that as well. Right. And in general, the, the business services product line or business line, if you will, has the potential to be more efficient and create more leverage. And you know, in order to be successful there, though, we need to be capable of putting a value proposition on the table with a prospective business member that makes us become, in their mind, a provider of choice. Why would they pick us over 
you know, a big money center bank or a regional bank, there has to be something compelling about what we offer that makes sense. So we have to have the right products and services. We have to have the capability to, you know, to address their financial services needs. And we have to have the people in place that they can interact with. So, Jim, to summarize, you're talking about for opportunities, expand business services, be more efficient, have more leverage, and you need a compelling value proposition. You need to become a provider of choice. Now, Bob, you're about to allude to four keys. That is, four keys for developing successful member business loan programs. Can you respond to those? Well, Jim and I have been, as we mentioned earlier, have been doing this for lots of years and specifically within the credit union world for the last 15 plus years. And for us, we believe there's four predominant keys. Um, number one, you got to have qualified, well-trained lenders. You got to create a strong credit culture that generates safe and sound loans because the examiners in today's marketplace, that's the number one thing they're going to be looking at. Number two, you got to offer products and services that the market wants. And a local small business owner wants help. They want access to credit and they want expertise. And so you've got to create people that, as Jim already alluded to, that communicate effectively with uh, your small business borrowers. And you got to offer products and services that they want, i.e., credit, cash management, and other types of ancillary fee-based services that a typical small business would use. The third thing you've got to have is you've got to have a well-structured, regularly followed and implemented credit administration policies and procedures. Uh, we've often said that risk starts the day you book the loan. You have no risk until you book it, but once you book it, you got to continually monitor it to make sure it stays in the same level of credit quality the day that you approve the loan. The fourth key, we believe, is you have to design your credit union to bank who you want. You have to use a strategic, proactive approach to MBS-MBL. As Jim already alluded to, every credit union already has, within its membership base, a certain number of small business members. And that we believe that they need to identify those members and decide which ones of those members they want to bank. And most our experience has shown that most business lending in the credit union world is inward, and we believe it needs to be outward. And so we believe you need to have a strategic approach to design who you want to go bank. Well, that's that's terrific. So tell our listeners, though, Hyperion, what kind of services what kind of products do you offer? And we are obviously a training and, and, and consulting business, as we, said, as we said earlier in this dialogue. And so we do a lot of work in the business lender training arena. And so that really is anybody that's associated with the business lending process. So we're talking about credit analysts. We're talking about business loan officers. We're talking about people involved in the credit administration component part of, of the process. As Bob said, the, the risk begins the day you say yes. So you, you have to dock these loans properly, you have to be in compliance with the, with the uh, state and federal regulations. And so you need people who, who understand what that regulatory compliance world is all about and what the ramifications are for properly and legally docking, tracking, and monitoring uh, these relationships are over time. We do work with um, branch staff um, 
members inside financial institutions that are going to be branch staff members who are going to be involved with the sales and relationship management uh, responsibilities for the member business services effort. We do a lot of training work for business members and prospects, as well as both the bank world and in the uh, in the credit union space. So we use training as a marketing tool by developing educational um, uh, exercises that their members can come to to learn more about their own, you know, small business financial reality. That uh, is, you know, something that led us recently to develop a new system called the Business Knowledge Center, which is a website-based program that we developed that links to the strategic marketing effort that credit unions have for business development needs. And so we're using knowledge, uh, easy access, and cost-effective access to know-how that can help a business owner do self-diagnostic reviews of their own business and learn more about the chemistry of how they operate financially. And we, we think it's a, it's a uh, really powerful uh, tool and a very uh, inexpensive way to create ongoing dialogue with the business owner and for a business owner to get smarter operationally about uh, what it is uh, uh, they're doing every day. We do strategic planning work. So we'll get together with credit unions and help them develop a strategic context for the execution of their member business services. We do a lot of business services program assessments where we come in and we take a look at the, the organizational design, the products and services that are available, and relying on, on what we think can be done to strengthen the way that you execute and shore up those things that need to be you know, improved. We help uh, design MBS policies and procedures for the organization, which would include underwriting practices and procedures and uh, that's something now that all credit unions really have to take a look at because as the regulators change 723 and the compliance uh, rules, um, exams are going to move to what's called the principle-based exam going forward. And so what they're going to start doing is, is asking credit unions to define their own structural safety and soundness environment, which means policies and procedures really need to be to, to be looked at. So the irony is the regulators took all of those things out of 723 but really what they're saying to us is then you have to put your own replacements for those parameters back in your own policies and procedures so we know how you deal with you know credit worthiness and concentration risk and all of the things that we were concerned about when we originally wrote 723. So it's come 180 degrees, hmm. and now we have to define um, that world. And then they will come in and, and, and provide their opinion on whether or not they think our perception of safety and sound is, in fact, uh, uh, reasonable. Uh, the other thing we do is we do a lot of screening work. Um, people are hiring new staff people to serve in, in the uh, member business services arena. A lot of those people are coming from a bank. They bring a resume. And the ultimate question at the end of the day is, can they walk the talk that their resume indicates their background you know, supports? And so we'll, we, we take uh, people through screening exercises to, to determine whether or not they really have the skills that are necessary. And then last but not least, we do a lot of third-party MBL loan review work and where we come in as a, as a third party and just opine on how uh, underwriting and credit administration uh, is being executed. So you know, we are, in effect, a training and consulting company. Excellent. Super comprehensive. And that leads us to why we at QS decided to partner with you. Hyperion created a very unique professional development opportunity for credit union professionals. I'm talking about the Q School of Business Lending, one, two, and three. What makes this business lending school so special? Well, James, the Q's curriculum is a derivative for one of the best commercial lending curriculums in the country, the California Bankers Association Commercial Lending School. Over 15 years ago, Jim and I designed that curriculum 
with three different perspectives, which he's already alluded to. So with that perspective in mind, we've been bankers, we've been small business consultants, and we are small business owners ourselves. So we bring a very unique perspective to our training curriculum. And the curriculum is a highly interactive case study approach that actually uses real case studies of small businesses. And it's conducted in a very friendly atmosphere. Basically, we have fun. During that fun, the people get the opportunity to see the information they get a practice using the information, and then they get to, the with, through the use of a partner, they get to try to communicate that information to somebody else. And so the curriculum is not only intense, but it's very highly interactive. And during that t- same time period, we have a lot of fun. I agree. Having been a witness to the Q School of Business Lending, one, two, and three being there, the feedback from attendees has just been what you said. Uh, it's very interactive very comprehensive, highly valuable. You also are lighthearted instructors as well, but you really have an amazing passion to help them, help their organizations, help their members. And we appreciate that so much. It, it is a special program. Now, tell us who the school is designed for. What are some of the titles of the registrants for the Q School of Business Lending? The school is designed for anybody that's actively involved or interfaces with small business members. We've had people that are senior vice presidents of member business services. We've had board of director members. We've also had people that are business lenders and business development officers. But the key is if you interface with small businesses and or you're on the loan committee for business lending, you are a prime candidate for the curriculum. That's great. One of the questions listeners might have is, Bob, do you recommend for registrants to take all three schools in the same year? I mean, it, that may or may not be possible based on schedule and, and uh, things, but what do you suggest? What are you kind of seeing here for the school? Because of the interrelationship of the three uh, programs, Jim and I highly recommend an individual, if at all possible, recommend them with, and take them within the same year. But we realize that sometimes that can't happen. And so we uh, provide ourselves as a constant resource for anybody that attends our curriculum. So if a person attends year one this year and can't make it, uh, we make ourselves available if issues come up that they don't understand. Uh, they can always call us. But the preferential method is to take one, two, and three all in the same year. Good thoughts. All right, from the instructors, that is. The Q School of Business Lending 1 takes place April 30th to May 4th in 2018 in Orlando. For more information on how to register, visit qs.org slash SOBL. Now, Bob, let's discuss each of the schools. Tell us about the Q School of Business Lending 1. Business Lending 1 lays the foundation for uh, the rest of the curriculum. It discusses basic accounting principles as they relate to business. We discuss how to be a business model expert, which is a fundamental discipline, but absolutely critical to understanding business. And we also delve into tax returns, and we take all the mystique away from tax returns. We demonstrate to the participants, a, you know, filing a tax return as a sole proprietorship, partnership, S corporation, and so forth. And we derive cash flow off of those tax returns and show them that there is no difference based on any structure. At the end of the day, cash is cash. 
And for those who are also interested, the Q's Business Lending School 2 takes place June 16th to the 20th of 2018 in the beautiful city of Seattle. And uh, that is home or nearby home for you, Jim and Bob. For more information on how to register, visit cues.org slash S-O-B-L-2. Tell our listeners about that one. Well, Business Lending 2 starts to lay the groundwork for actually uh, the credit process because it deals with financial statement analysis. So we teach and demonstrate to people a proven approach to how to analyze financial statements. So we break financial statements apart. We talk about the logic of the construction or how they're put together, but then we dissect them. And we talk about, because every credit, when you look at it initially, should be liquid, should be safe, should be profitable, should be productive, and it should cash flow. And so we demonstrate analytical tools how to measure those characteristics in a business. And we examine different industry sectors from retail, wholesale distribution, manufacturing, and construction. Thank you for sharing, Bob. Now, Q's Business Lending School 3 takes place September 10th through the 14th of 2018 in Denver. It focuses on strategic business lending. Tell our listeners about Business Lending 3. Business Lending 3 has to deal with the future. Jim and I are very staunch small business advocates. And as such, we believe in making sure that business owners get the credit they deserve. Lending 3 focuses on the future, and we talk about cash flow. What is cash flow? And we demonstrate how to predict future cash in business operations. Risk starts the day you book the loan. You don't get paid back until tomorrow. So it's absolutely critical that people in business lending understand how to evaluate the probability of getting paid back tomorrow, not yesterday. It's not yesterday's performance that pays it back. It's tomorrow's performance that pays us back. And so we deal with very critical issues like Cash flow shows you what cash flow is. We deal with sustainable growth, which is a critical concept in business lending. So we deal with all the whys and wherefores of how do I get repaid and predict my probability of getting repaid in the future. Wonderful. Bob and Jim, I'm very grateful for your time today. Thank you for sharing your insights and perspectives on developing successful business lending programs. In addition, I think it helps our listeners better understand the business lending school by actually having one, or in this case, both of the instructors as a guest or as guests on the show to describe this highly valuable professional development opportunity. It is an opportunity for your organization to make great gains and growth. I'll be seeing you next, Bob and Jim, in Seattle at the Business Lending 2 School. Of course, we have Business Lending 1 coming up pretty soon. And don't forget to register for those. I always appreciate the conversation whenever we meet. On behalf of the entire Q's organization, we thank you for spending some time with us. Thank you so much. Well, James, thank you. And we appreciate our partnership with Q's for the last 15 plus years. We hope we have the opportunity to meet more people in the credit union industry in the upcoming Q schools. And Jim and I, uh, again, being small business advocates, we appreciate what Q's has done to help credit unions better serve the small business market. Thanks, everyone, for listening to the show. If you found the Q's podcast valuable, we encourage you to share this Q's podcast episode and other episodes with your network. And if you'd like to reach out to me, I can be reached at podcast at 
Q's Business Lending School One takes place April 30th to May 4th of 2018 in Orlando. For more information and to register, visit Q's.org slash SOBL. Q's School of Business Lending Two takes place June 16th to the 20th of 2018 in the beautiful city of Seattle. For more information and to register, visit Q's.org slash SOBL2. The Q School of Business Lending 3 takes place September 10th through the 14th of 2018 in Denver. It focuses on strategic business lending. For more information on how to register for Q's Business Lending 3, visit Q's.org slash SOBL3. For more talent development content from Q's, visit Q's.org, that is C-U-E-S dot O-R-G now. If you're a Q's member, you have access to invaluable membership benefits to further enhance your development. Visit Q's.org slash membership to learn more. Q's is an international credit union association. Our mission is to educate and develop credit union CEOs, directors, and future leaders. To learn how Q's can help you realize your potential, visit Q's.org today.